Welcome ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Constos Convos podcast. Hi folks, this is Consto from Consto's Convos. This new podcast is hosting a very special guest all the way from the Czech Republic. His name is Kar Meng Lee. How are you doing, mate? Everything okay? Yeah, it's pretty calm here. Not much going on. I think they have a handle on things. So, yeah. Well, just another timestamp, as I like to call it, is we're still in the middle of the coronavirus epidemic. We're both in lockdown. Doing a podcast during the day with three kids, uh, probably not the best idea, but there you go. We'll just do the best we can. You are still in lockdown over in the Czech Republic? Yeah, they have. Uh, things are always changing. The government's always making new announcements, but I think everything should be open by May the 14th, mid-May, certainly. Um, I think until three days ago, it was June the 14th, but they brought everything forward. So, but they're always changing, so we'll see. When this first started, we were looking at like Italy was the worst, you know, it was the worst case scenario, the amount of people that were being infected and, you know, unfortunately passing away. And then I'm reading now that, you know, like Britain, the UK, United Kingdoms get 20,000 deaths now. And I'm just wondering why we're suffering so bad. You know, so many questions. God, I'm not smart enough to answer, but what is it? Like, what's happening? We had oh, probably the most time to prepare because obviously starting in China and then we heard all the bad news coming from, especially like Italy and things, and we had more time to prep. Uh, and it doesn't seem to have done us much good. Are yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, a year from now um, whose approach was the best and who... I mean, it's, it's impossible to tell right now. I mean, people. Well, what's the yeah. best, really? Because I've been talking about China. You'd probably say theirs was the best for results, I guess. But they're very, they're not really into the human rights and stuff, are they? You know, people were I mean, saying like, videos if you can of the data. That's, that's one there. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. Thing, isn't it? exactly. But then it's all political, isn't it? It's, uh, how do you question the data without uh, swinging too far to the other side? So. Yeah, there's a lot of politics tied up in all of this, I think. Uh, Carming Lee, is that not a Chinese name? Well, it depends how you slice the cake, isn't it? There was this whole thing with uh, Hong Kong and um, China throwing around its might in uh, So what's Southeast your heritage? Asia, so, um, so my mother is from Malaysia. And my father's from Hong Kong. But originally, if you trace it back far enough, they come from... Uh, the southern province of China, known as Guangdong province. So that's right. uh, so that you have Hong Kong, and directly above that is uh, Guangdong province, and that's like uh, don't know if you heard of it, like Shenzhen and Guangzhou, like Canton. Uh, that's what it used to be called. All these cities, like port cities and things. Necessarily, um, uh, one would you, sorry, would your dad consider himself sort of? British, because I know a lot of people from Hong Kong from not that long ago did kind of consider themselves British just with the way things were set up there. Yeah, that's the thing about identity, isn't it? It's always changing and it's always, 
it's always fluid and depends on politics and who's top dog because yeah. nobody likes to be, you know, the the person who's looked down on. So it depends on the situation and the time. Yeah. And the biggest like, powerful group. Yeah, it? I mean, look, like with your with your own identity, I mean, because you have so many different uh, contributing. You have a uh, a finger in every pie, so to speak. Um, <laughs> a little bit. They used to yeah. call people like myself uh, in Canada, which is obviously very ethnically diverse in the big cities, um, a Heinz 57, 57 varieties. Um, like, I'm obviously, like, even with my dad's people, like, my dad says he's Macedonian, he speaks Macedonian, but it's part of Greece. And then we've got same, you know, members of our family who consider themselves Greek. And even doing research and things, it's it's hard to actually find out what, you can consider yourself because even from that region, you've got ancient Macedonia, but then some people say we're ancient Macedonians were Greeks. You've got different languages and identities, as you said, it's just as difficult, isn't it? And if I was to look at you as an ignorant guy and I have called you Chinese before, haven't I? And you corrected me. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be wrong. I mean, that's, that's just the truth, isn't it? Um, yeah, but you could be a proud Malaysian, I guess, and not see yourself as yeah. Chinese. You could see yourself I'm from Hong Kong, which is get a different identity from the rest of the mainland. And yeah. that is kind but of the crazy. Thing, in the in the Western world, it's more. I think there's there's more like acceptance that you could be ethnically from somewhere else and still identify with the country where you grew up, or even take on like I think America is extremely flexible with this. Is that you can be from anywhere go to America and be considered American. I think um, that's what made them very strong. We, yeah. we spoke about, I think it was the people from Singapore that you said were very patriotic, which again, they're doing very well themselves. But I think like America, part of their success was everybody became American. As soon as you stepped off that boat or however you got there, you became American. You were chasing the American dream. And I believe, you know, working as a collective, you're always more powerful, aren't you, than being an individual? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, it's a, a bit easy to be sort of idealistic and starry-eyed about America when we've not lived there and we've not been in there. I, I mean, probably you have more experience with this than me, but uh, maybe the reality is not quite so. There easy. is, like, if, if we, most people, you know, outside looking in, we grew up with the music, the movies, you know, the, the culture. Because let's be honest, it's where the cool culture comes from. And America has got something. There's just, when you go there, you definitely feel it. You know, you go to New York, you feel as if you're walking on a movie set. We used to drive down, well, we've been down a couple of times, like from Toronto down to Florida, you know, driving for a couple of days. And just, it's just, even the shitty bits, I've got so much character and there's just something about it. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like to live there now. Obviously, maybe some Napa Valley or something would be lovely, but I don't know. It's the sort of guns and they all seem to hate each other, don't they? Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I've not met a huge number of Americans and obviously... But they don't uh, travel much, do they? Yeah, the Americans, the, that you, the Americans that you meet uh, in Europe when you're traveling uh, are obviously like self-selecting. They're young, they're more adventurous. Uh, a bit more open-minded yeah. so it's not a true reflection of of what society is at large so the only thing I would say as somebody pointed out a while back to me as well as says like America's so big you know all the states are like countries if you like 
you have got quite a lot of, you know, space and people and cultures throughout that. That if you travel throughout the US, it's it's a pretty big place with a lot of people as well. So it's maybe like traveling all the way through Europe, which you'd sound very, you know, you're cultured, you're well traveled. So if you do the same thing in America, it's probably doesn't sound as, you know, cultured, but from California to New York, all the different places, the Midwest, you know, the deep South, the North, you know, Montana, there's just so, it is very diverse as well, you know, demographically, even the landscapes. I would like to go and photograph the place more, but I don't, um, don't particularly like flying, so that's kind of not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's also the, I mean, it's, I think it's quite expensive uh, there, relatively speaking, and also when you can just take a cheap flight, well, maybe, maybe, uh, well, maybe not Ryanair, Ryanair will survive, but who knows if we'll still have the cheap flights after this uh, is all over. But what I wanted to say is that, uh, yeah, when you can take a cheap, a cheap flight from Wizzair or something and be in Hungary, a completely different culture to uh, Scotland in about what, two hours and have a good time for quite cheap, as opposed to, like you said, going to, even just to get to New York is about seven, eight hours and then have to spend a huge amount of money on hotels and things. And they don't have hostels. And, yeah. Well, you mentioned Scotland. That's where you were born? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, don't know, I would probably say the place where I was born is listed as Bangor, but Bangor doesn't actually exist as a place. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Deckmont, uh, I think, is the nearest village or Bathgate, but... Bathgate doesn't sound quite so glamorous as, you know, if you want to say, you could always dress it up, couldn't you? If, if I wanted to stretch, I could say I was born in the mythical, but that's not really true. I know it's funny when people what ask Edinburgh, me, yeah. you know, where, where are you from? Um, you know, Canada, or what, what city in? I say Toronto, but the fact is, sorry, all these notifications, not ideal recording in the house, but um, when people ask me where I'm from, I say, you know, Toronto and but the fact is, I grew up in Mississauga, which is a suburb, if you like, of Toronto, which in turn has become a city of nearly a million people, one that you'd never heard of. But it just says you just always go for the more glamorous option, don't you? Yeah. I mean, uh, like also, Scotland is such a small city. I, I mean, in, also in, uh, in Canada, for instance, there are maybe, what, three places I could name. And if you, if you said your hometown, like I've always forgotten the name, I would just be standing there. You know, when you meet new people on, uh, when you're traveling and you say, oh, where are you from? Country, exactly like you said. And then you say, oh, where in Blur? Wow. And you tell them and they're like, well, okay. <laughs> where, where is that? Yeah, because it's like, uh, now, like I live in Claybank, which again is just on the outskirts of Glasgow. If somebody asks you where you're from, you say Glasgow, you don't say Claybank, although... People are proud to be from Claybank due to the history and stuff. But um, yeah, you, you always go for the more well-known, cooler sounding place. And it's um, quite far from Glasgow as well, isn't it? It's not like it's... No, it's, it's actually on the boundary. Is it? it is, oh, and it's okay. actually part of Greater Glasgow. You know, like my postcode ah, okay. is a Glaswegian postcode. So you can it's just so big, Glasgow. It's really unusual in Scotland where everything's a village, right? It's, yeah, it's the hub, isn't city. it? Yeah. yeah. So just a bit of a background, uh, how we met. I get a job as a photographer, freelance photographer for Amazon. And you had been working in the photographic studio. Now, I had to use 
a, a normal camera and you were using quite a fancy camera, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, calling it a camera. Well, as a camera. I mean, it was it is a camera, yeah. But to, I mean, the fancy names they gave us and everything, I mean, we were just, oh, there was a little bit of skill to it, but it was pretty much automated. Photography has been downgraded over the years, obviously smartphones and carmen used to use this machine where you could just pop something into like the white box put in you could shoot it from all different angles couldn't you and you get the the photograph on the white background and you didn't need any sort of photographic knowledge although you you are quite a keen amateur photographer aren't you uh not so much recently because there's nothing to photograph because we can't go anywhere but uh mate i'm the exact same i'm the exact same you know I, i see a lot of photography groups and people that I see online in the photograph and items around the, the house, they're doing macro shots, they're doing all sorts of things. I'm just not inspired by it. I've, it was my son's birthday yesterday, so I took, I always like to take a couple of portraits of them just to mark the occasion. And that's really all the photographs I've been taking over the last few weeks. I just feel very uninspired by it all. I like being out there taking portraits of folk or landscapes and just I'm just not getting inspired sitting about my house. So that, I've been doing a lot of, you know, podcast research and doing a lot of work in my garden, a lot more manual labor. But the photography things have just oh, definitely fallen by the wayside. I don't know how people, well, it's definitely made me reassess things. And I just I'm, can't wait till restrictions are lifted. I feel very cut off, although I'm in here with my family and I've got a bit of space in the back that I can go outside. But Wow, you really miss stuff, don't you? You don't even realise till it's taken away from you. Yeah, humans are social creatures, as you oh, said they really in the are. past. Yeah. As my wife said this morning, and you know, like how good has social media been for everybody's sanity? Because you can connect with people through video, audio, you know, posting stuff, sending messages. Without that sort of thing, like where would we be? Yeah, it's crazy to think. Actually, you know, if you were travelling in the old days, even. Well, like 20 years ago if you met somebody abroad and whatever and you had a good time with them and you just thought oh let's keep in touch and it's it was basically impossible for that Pen to house. happen you wrote a letter yeah. i used to write letters yeah, yeah. To, to my dad when i was young um oh yeah when's the last time you posted a handwritten letter eh, exactly everything's yeah, done on the computer these days on. everything's been digitized um, I used to be, I, you know, I used to love all the analog, like film photography. That was that black and white hand-printed photographs was the apex for me. And then oof, people say, do you ever shoot film anymore? And I'm like, I'm just, no way, no way. Not interested. Yeah, I think um, there was another one of the photographers who, I'm not going to name it, but I had a discussion with him about film and he said that, or maybe it was you who said that a certain customer wanted, oh, I want you to do it on film. And he said, oh, are you sure about this? And uh, yeah, yeah, he said, that it's going to be amazing. And of course, uh, he quoted him and immediately said, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, it's so, ex- so expensive. It's like one pound a shot or something. Yeah. I, when I get married, uh, don't quote me how many years ago, it was digital still kind of in its infancy. And obviously the quality wasn't there. Um, and the guy I used to work for in the studio who photographed my wedding, I says, listen, Michael, I know you've got your digital camera and you're really enjoying it. I says, but I want you to photograph this medium format film. 
just because the quality, you couldn't really compare the two at the time. And that was just obviously something I was into. And I think that was a right call at that time. But now you think to shoot film, just all the moments you'd miss and how difficult it could be photographing, you know, in darker situations and things. I've, I don't know many guys that shoot film anymore. I know a few guys that were, you know, last men standing, you know, really stood by it. But even if you search online, there's not that many people doing it anymore. And if they do it, I feel it's very gimmicky. Uh, what was that movie? Steven Spielberg. It was set in the future. It was Tom Cruise. It was sort of uh, Orwellian sort of thing, you know, total control. I know what you I can't remember. Yeah, and it's, they arrest you for crimes before they because they can yes, predict yes. using human computers. Yeah. And you remember his wife, who's quite you know a bit of a hipster sort of thing. She she was into film, you know, developing herself and printing it. I remember seeing that, and I'm like, oh, that was quite a cool wee thing. Yeah, little do we know that that would be reality very very quickly. Ah, oh, even more. She had that stuff in all that way in the future, as says, because it's just as rare these days to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost because, like uh, handwriting, for instance, we, we just said about handwriting. So people used to write handwrite as a means of real communication to do business. And now it's there are people on YouTube talking about uh, hand lettering as an art form using, you know, like a, a stylus and then a tablet to simulate the, the real like paper and, and pens and things like that. So it's almost become like a curiosity, something yeah, that used to be a lost, skill on its own. Yeah, yeah. total lost art form. And this is like, obviously I've got, you, you get cards for your birthday and so on and so forth, or even my contracts for like weddings and stuff. And I get it back, especially, you know, women, some of them have got beautiful handwriting and you're like, wow, that looks really good. And then other ones you're like, wow, you can tell you haven't wrote something for years. Yeah, it's funny seeing the kids because even they're learning how to do it, you know, cursive writing and things, and it looks really nice. But again, practical? Nah, not really. It's more just sort of something to set you apart, really. Which is a good thing too, but as I said, practically speaking, it just doesn't really make sense. So over there, mate, are you struggling because you're basically living in a different country? I guess you don't know that many people. Already, it's probably difficult making uh, friends, and now you've kind of on lockdown, you're probably feeling isolated more than most. Yeah, I think uh, the problem was that like, I joined the Czech class, which is paid by the government, which is really good. And uh, I mean, it's still going, but online. I felt as if it was sort of picking up. This is how, how long ago was it now? Feels like years. It was just <laughs> February, even. Yeah, I thought, oh, this is good. We'll go out for drinks. And then it was the week before they closed everything up with a one or two days notice. And uh, yeah, they said, oh, it's not so bad just now. And immediately, yeah, they, they really clamped down on stuff. But in terms of your original question, sorry, I'm rambling here. You know, it's more difficult to meet people, uh, obviously a language barrier. And that's the biggest thing, language barrier. Cultural, a little bit, not so much. Um, well, the world's but, becoming a smaller place now with the internet, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, I think uh, I was quite clean, keen to learn the language and, uh, because obviously people treat you better if you uh, at least attempt the language. But absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Really, I've... really... Sorry, I'm speaking over you here. But, uh, no, it's okay, mate. Yeah, no, it, it's extremely difficult because this is a university city 
uh, I think a third of the population is students during term what's, time. What's the city? Sorry. It's uh, Brno. So it's like Bruno without a U. I've never heard of it. So is that B-R-N-O. So it's like the Edinburgh of... So there's two bits of the Czech Republic. There's uh, Bohemia, which everybody's heard of, which has Prague. Mm-hmm. And then there's Moravia, which is to the south. This is the second biggest city in the Czech Republic. Wow, didn't know that. Yeah. I was in Prague for a college trip when I was just finishing my... Would that be... My first year of studying photography, we went to Prague. It was a beautiful city. Dead interesting. Very interesting place. Seemed kind of a bit dodgy in bits as well, like most places, I guess. But, you know, that kind of old school, kind of communist feel that they still had from yeah. the past. Is that sort of 10, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Wow, mate. No, longer than that. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's really blown up like, like in terms of tourism ago. and everything. Yeah, that's Even what I'm yeah. Things have changed, like like nobody was using the internet in that, those days. In fact, there you go, it was the first year of study and it was 100% non-digital photography. It was all film-based. I took, God, it, it turned into a bit of a, a party, really. Uh, I took probably three spools of film and pictures of pants. I wasn't really just learning photography at that time, but kind of regret that now too. I didn't explore the place a wee bit more photographically. It was more about exploring the the bars. There you go. Yeah, when you're young though. So absolutely mate. But well some people had their head screwed on then. But to be fair, that class of say twenty odd folk, I think only three of us came away with our HND. And I was quite surprised I'd done it. It was something I wanted to stick in because a lot of things I tend to give up once I get really, to lose my interest. Three out of 22. Yeah, but obviously that was, a lot of people probably weren't going to study after the first year anyway. They were just doing that for, you know, unemployment reasons, you know, Ah, sometimes. Because that was just an entry course uh, to get us into the the big college, if you like. That was just a local college. And a a good few of us went on to go study in Glasgow, but a lot of people just for personal reasons and just life in general, you know, couldn't complete it. Um, but I was really, yeah. I surprised myself. Uh, they do, what is it, my mum always says, uh, education and, well, actually, it's life in general, isn't it? It's not about how clever you are, like, barring, at least for me anyway, and, and I agree with her that it's not, in my opinion, it's not about innate talent, barring, you know, um, but what is talent? major intellectual disability or anything. I think you you can achieve almost anything you want to within reason. I mean, becoming president or yep. prime minister or something, but you can do, you could certainly become. If you focus, a, if life, you focus yeah. your energy and work hard towards something, great things happen. We know that. And this is most people, we just were not disciplined enough to do it when we don't feel like it. And, work hard and put all our energy into one thing. It can be difficult, you know, so many things around us to take away our interest. And that's what it says. It's hard, like even the most simple of things to to do something, you know, for five minutes every single day for a year. I mean, it's it's hard. And people don't realize how hard it is. They only see they only see the end product and think, ah, oh, yeah, they'll yeah. justify it to themselves. Overnight success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what, what have you been using your time? Because obviously you get a lot of downtime. Are you working from home? 
Yeah, it's quite good. I think uh, as a programmer, it's quite easy to, you know, you're basically sort of working from home. Any, even when you're in the office, it's all connected through the internet. So as long as you have a stable internet connection, it's, you it's can fine. Obviously, yeah, you, if you lose the, the human face-to-face, obviously it's much easier just to get up, go to that person's room and explain something to them quickly. But, yeah, so it's such um, a time saver. Yeah. yeah. I know just my line of work's kind of oh, cut right off. A lot of social photography, you know, yeah. events, just they're talking like how long will we be able to socialize at a grand scale again? You know, like my case, a lot of, you know, commercial events, you know, weddings. When they're going to start things up, you know, like big sporting events. I think a lot of these things will kind of fall by the wayside. I move on with the vaccine, but who knows? That's true. I have seen some stuff, but again, what do we know is the truth and all your fake news and stuff. But I've seen a few people talking about developing and starting trials with these vaccines as well. I, I guess they would, should be able to get that, you know, happening relatively soon. I'd, at least I like to think so. Till the next yeah. one happens. Yeah. I mean, who knows what's going to happen I mean, now it's bad already right now, and this is like the spring and the summer. And even if it does subside over the, the late summer and the, the autumn, when it comes back in late autumn and coincides with the normal uh, flu season, who knows yep. how, how bad it's going to be. So. so are you kind of, are you stuck over there in the Czech Republic? Could you not come back if you wanted to? Or Yeah, I mean, there's a bus that goes from Prague, <laughs> Prague to, to Edinburgh. Prague, Prague to London. So what I would need to do is, I think they're running internal trains, so that's fine. So I would have to go from Brno to Prague, then take the bus from Prague to London. So I have to go to the centre of the epidemic in Britain <laughs> and then take a train or a bus uh, from London to Edinburgh and then a normal bus from Edinburgh back home. Run the gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, if if you didn't have it before getting on a sweaty bus for 18 hours, uh, I think there's no better way to ensure that you're going to get the virus than being on a sweaty bus for 18 hours with no stops. Um, <laughs> so you just got for my foot. Sit still just now then. Yeah, I think we'll wait and see. I mean, the the company's been good to me, so we'll see what happens. Uh, That's good. But things are always changing, aren't they? So who knows. Well, mate, I really appreciate you dropping by and having a chat with us. I just want to try and keep busy and keep this thing moving and striving forward. And it's good to document these, this, you know, very crazy times that we're living through at the moment. Just very surreal. Just feel so strange, you know, going places and places all boarded up. Hardly any people in the street. <laughs> the the pollution in the sky lifting, just lots of things. It's just very strange, isn't it? Hopefully yeah. we can get our priorities together and move forward from this. Although I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that things will kind of go back to normal as much as they can. But just yeah, who, you know, knows? who knows? It's like uh, the other day that my, my son's football team, they're going to be holding their training sessions through Zoom. Which is crazy. You'd have never thought something like that. Passing the ball through the just monitor. a few weeks ago. Yeah. 
it's just mad you know my daughter does her dance lessons through zoom as well we're speaking through zoom they should be actually be sponsoring this podcast i should speak to them eh? get my multi-million yeah. deal i wonder how they actually make money uh there was a video that i meant to watch but i never did about exactly that how does Zoom make money have you get a, a professional or like an upgrade or something maybe oh yeah yeah but to have uh i think these meetings only last 40 minutes if uh if you don't have the premium account so i think maybe no, i recorded one yeah with uh, my friend mark and i think that was just over the hour mark maybe oh okay we end up ditching that one mind you through technical problems that was the kind of first test but yeah i'm sure i need to actually look into that um and see what's happening must be like microsoft then like they don't make money from selling actual things to normal people they charge businesses for yeah, I guess things. Yeah, there must be some way, but I tell you what, they've blown up, haven't they, with this? It's, I'd never heard of them before, and it's just bang. Now everybody's talking about it, you know, families are having get-togethers, you know, businesses are talking to each other through it, we're doing a podcast through it. That's pretty cool. Changed since the yeah. days from Messenger, MSN Messenger. Yeah, back in the day. Seems Skype's kind of falling away a wee bit, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I think Microsoft, because Microsoft bought them, and they have a lot of features, but it's, I don't know. Well, mate, I'll let you go. Thanks for tuning in. I just want to say keep this ball rolling and see where we end up. I really appreciate it, mate. Bye. Take care, bud. Bye-bye.